Welcome to Sports, Clips, and Politics with your host, Ben Husson, and me, Sean Hannon. Welcome. It is another episode of Sports, Clicks, and Politics. And maybe you can tell this is a solo version of Sports, Clicks, and Politics. Mr. Husong will join us again next week uh, as co-host here. But today, you just stuck with me. Hopefully, that'll be okay for you. Um, we have some stuff to discuss, uh, a little bit of updates uh, that I could share with you. Uh, I have some... Uh, Stuff going on at the house here where we are recording, and uh, that may sh- limit my time or shorten the, the, the podcast here, but we're going to make do with what we got today. So you got me, and you got me for whatever time we got me for. So, all right. So um, let's start with, eh, let's start with Jeffrey Epstein, right? Um, the A judge has ruled to unseal documents. Uh, related to a court case, um, uh, a defamation case, I believe, with Ju- of Ghislaine Maxwell with uh, Virginia Roberts Jaffre, uh, where basically Maxwell said some things that were deemed to be untrue in the eyes of uh, Virginia Roberts Jaffre, and she sued her for defamation, and that those documents related to that are going to be unsealed now. Uh, the judge has ruled that uh, they would be released within a week. Uh, that was about four days ago, I think now. So we are coming to a conclusion with this. There was They left the week uh, for the Maxwell lawyers to appeal. Um, but it seemed the judge was ready to push forward with the releasing of these documents. So what are we going to find out? Who knows what we're going to find out, right? Um, I expect to see some names. Uh, I don't know if that's going to be names that are different than the names that are already in the public discussion. Um, you know... The names that I feel like we are going to hear about are going to be, other than Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell, I think Prince Andrew's name is, seems to be at the forefront of this. Uh, he seems to be preparing as if his name is going to be uh, mentioned in this, um, as is Alan Dershowitz. I believe he believes his name is going to be mentioned. He is, uh, has actually championed the release of these, uh, thinking they will vindicate him, so we'll wait to see what happens there. Um, I expect more names. Um, whether or not that leads to more arrests, more justice or not, I don't know. Um, I think we are in the still the beginning parts of this whole thing. And I think as it unwinds, I think we're going to uh, find more and more. Um, but I find it, you know, at least somewhat encouraging uh, that we are going to get some information out of here. Let's say, fingers crossed that the next couple of days don't change the judge's uh, plans um, with some kind of appeal out of left field here. But uh, it seems as though we're going to get some additional information. Um, and, and, you know, the sooner the better. This is long overdue uh, that the information has been being suppressed by not only the people in power here that is protecting uh, this pedophile and sex trafficker or these pedophiles and sex traffickers, uh, Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell, um, but all the people that protected them as well. So this information needs to come out as quickly as possible. Um, several major media sources have already kept most of this information out of the uh, public uh, eye, and it's, it's time. So I wish I had those names now, or I would start uh, letting you know, but we'll wait for that information maybe on episode nine of Sports Clicks and Politics. Um, so we'll see. I don't know if you guys are up for it. I'll... Uh, I don't know if you saw Mr. Epstein's uh, 
houses his New York City mansion and the Palm Springs mansion are both up for sale. So if you have $110 million laying around, uh, maybe you should think about buying one of these houses here. Let me skim through this. Two of Jeffrey Epstein's homes hit the market for $110 million. The townhouse in New York City and the Florida mansion are up for sale. So I pulled up the, uh, I read this here, uh, and then pulled up the, here's the actual listing from the Modlin or Modlin group. I'm not really sure what this is, but 9 East 71st Lenox Hill, here it is. There is a very limited gallery here. I'll rifle through it for you guys. Nice view of the city here. There's only that one. Um, let's see. I think there's one more picture in here, and I don't see it. But anyway, very limited uh, access there. But here, I, I read down here and read this before I came on. Um, so built as New York City's largest and most, lux- most luxurious French neoclassical mansion on a 50-foot-wide, 102-foot-deep lot, seven stories, in excess of 28,000 square feet. Yeah, it's the biggest private residence in New York City. So if you have some uh, spare change in the couch, pull that up and uh, uh, maybe you can have some parties and tell some stories. I'm sure that would be a very uh, difficult place to uh, keep as is anyway. Um, So, okay, so we'll update Epstein next week uh, when we get some information maybe from the, uh, from the, uh, uh, the released, the unsealed files. Um, I expect those to be, again, uh, I don't know how enlightening they'll be, but it, it at least put something in the, in the public specter here. So um, let's go to baseball since we actually have some games. I'm not going to actually report on any box scores or anything like that, but we did get official word that the Major League Baseball and the City of Buffalo and the State of New York has decided that the Buffalo Buffalo Blue Jays are going to be a thing here in 2020. So add that to the list of things you probably didn't expect to see in 2020, the Buffalo Blue Jays. Um, now, obviously, we have some caveats here. There are no fans, um, which kind of limits the upside of the team playing in the City of Buffalo with uh, you know, no, uh, increase in dining or bar activity because of the games being there. And, uh, obviously the hotels and whatnot from, from fans traveling. So limited upshot, but still cool. I think in, in a sense, and, uh, I'm waiting for some, uh, uh, creative, uh, business plans to start emerging from the city skyline of rooftop seating for some of these games. And you might be able to get, uh, sell a few tickets and beers at those, those kind of things. So, uh, hopefully somebody will figure that out and uh, we'll get some fans there in Buffalo. But I think it's kind of cool that the uh, the Buffalo Blue Jays are going to be a thing. Um, you know, even if it's just for uh, less than 30 games, because I feel like the first game is not going to be until like August 11th. The first couple series, they're going to play their home games in their rivals home stadium, even though they'll probably bat last. So, um, but August 11th, we'll have pro baseball again in New York, uh, just a different upstate baseball. So I don't know when the Buffalo Braves last played, but I bet it was a long time ago. So uh, it's been a while, um, but kind of cool. Kind of a, a, I don't know about a silver lining, but it's uh, something that, again, the it's a circumstance surrounding the, the, the virus situation that we're in, the lockdowns and the travel restrictions. This has kind of all been a confluence of events. 
and here we are. we are uh, got the Buffalo Blue Jays as a real thing. So um, I think the people of Buffalo will kind of embrace that as best they can. Um, you know, I'm not sure what kind of merchandise and stuff uh, is going to be on the horizon, but I would expect, again, some creative uh, merchandisers to make that happen. So um, the PGA was kind of a, uh, I don't want to say a dud, um, just a very, very uh, uh, shallow field. Not a lot of the top players played. Uh, Michael Thompson was the winner, uh, the 3M championship, I think it was, in Minnesota. Um, the next two weeks, we get some better fields. We get the WGC, and we get the PGA championship uh, the week of August 9th, 8th and 9th, I believe it is. So um, we'll have some big boy golf the next two weeks. Uh, hopefully that'll be uh, more entertaining, more, uh, uh, more something more to talk about. And like I said, we're going to have uh, – Basketball starting up on Thursday, I think it is. We got uh, baseball games are just, you know, two, three, four games in. So we just got their first series underway. So we'll be able to start reporting uh, some actual real information about sports here soon. So uh, looking forward to that, as always. Um, And then I wanted to talk about where we are in New York again um, and how the lockdowns and the travel restrictions and... um, basically everything that the tentacles that have come off of the governor's executive order and where we stand because of it. So I was kind of taken back by his press conference where he boldly and quite confidently lied through his teeth about claiming how well New York nursing homes had done. Um, His assertion was that look at the data, you know, look at the data. We were 30, 35th, he said, in nursing home deaths. So he said, talk to the other 34 states. He said, talk to the GOP states. And then he said, don't be political, right? So he's calling out the other party. So he's being political. And he knows that that 35th number is a distorted number. New York state, as far as anybody can tell, is the only state that doesn't count residents who contracted the virus in a nursing home transferred then to a hospital and died at the hospital, every other, all 49 other states, count them as nursing home deaths. New York, no, those are not counted as nursing home deaths. Those are counted as hospital deaths, others. They're not, they're not included in the data set for nursing home deaths. So there's this disconnect from where everybody of those other 34 states that governor liked to reference from the 35th state and how they're actually calculating their numbers. So for him to claim as he manipulated or uh, managed us through a nursing home crisis, there's upwards of 6,000 unaccounted for nursing home deaths. Um, I've seen numbers between three and 6,000. So he's far from 35th. He's closer to number one. He probably is number one. And I'm assuming that, which is why he doesn't want an independent investigation of this New York state's handling of the crisis. Cause everybody's going to see that everybody sees it now. If you want to, it's there. The information is there. This is not just a Republican thing either. This is coming from Democrats, especially specifically some downstate Democrats who are basically saying, Hey, what happened here? Why was it so bad compared to some of these other States? And then the governor's around basically taking victory laps, claiming how well New York is doing when in fact it was his decisions that led to some of the, earliest and most deadly cases that we had. Um, Like I said, his order was put in place March 25th where nursing homes were mandated to take patients in regardless of their status of COVID. So much so that 
nursing homes weren't even allowed to test patients coming in because the state didn't allow them to. So not only did they not know if they were getting patients in, they, if they did get them in, they didn't know if they were positive or not to know whether or not how to treat them any differently or isolate them or keep them away from some of the people who weren't infected. So it was a brush fire. It was kindling and he Cuomo lit the fire and he did it to protect the hospitals. It took him six weeks to fix it. Six weeks. Other states were, were, were rescinding that order within days, if not a couple weeks. We held on the longest, us in New Jersey. And here we are, suffering the ramifications of that. So I find it a little bit disingenuous, to say the least, if the governor is going to brag about how far down the list of nursing home deaths there are when he doesn't even count in the same way as everybody else. So, um, you know, he's covering his ass. And until there is an independent investigation, we're not going to really know what really happened because his investigation was internal with his own eyes and his own people doing that own reporting. So um, to think that that was going to be somehow um, not, not skewed to favor the state is again, it's uh, the eyes in the beholder there. So um, we'll see what happens. I hope that there is an independent investigation. I hope that uh, there is some uh, cooperation between the Democrats and the Republicans and that, that gets done because it needs to happen for not just the families of those people who died, but for the future generations as we go forward and how to handle this thing. So if there's other outbreaks, we can know what not to do if there was things that we did wrong. So it seems as though that was the case. Um, and like I said, I hope that there's a, uh, uh, an investigation to find out. Um, I don't, those are the topics that I wanted to discuss. I don't know if you guys, I wanted to let you know that I, I was a guest on, uh, Radio Free New York, which is a uh, Rochester-based show. Uh, they do an online live stream as well, I believe, actually, probably right now. Uh, don't switch your channels quite yet. Pay attention to me first, and then we can switch over there later, or you can check them on other days. I think they're uh, five days a week. But they also do simulcast their show live on Rochester Radio. I believe it's WYSL 1040. So I was on there for an hour as a guest with uh, host Kevin Wilson, um, he invited me on. We talked a little bit about Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, we talked a little bit about uh, the governor's getting outwitted by dollar menus and his handling of uh, New York State amongst the, the, the COVID crisis here. Um, we did a little uh, local politics and we did a little uh, fake headlines. So for a skit that he does at the end of his show there. So um, check that out if you want to hear some more of me talking about stuff. Um we have a couple interviews coming up forward here that I don't have them specifically lined up yet, but I do know that we have um, one where we're going to try to discuss New York State and school reopenings and whether or not or the um, the, prior, the, the protocol is going to need for reopening those schools, how some of these superintendents are going to handle this uh, and different from other superintendents, depending on uh, you know what resources you have available, your class sizes, student sizes, and whatnot. So... Um, we're hoping to have a, uh, uh, an interview about schools. Um, we're also going to have, uh, uh, kind of like, a I don't know if you guys may know, uh, Charlie Miller, he has agreed to come on and do some local food, uh, uh reviews and business reviews and, uh, kind of, uh, become on the show every once in a while. And you can check out his stuff at Syracuse.com. He does great work kind of bringing, uh, eyes onto, uh, hidden gems in the, in the local food world. So, uh, check out his stuff at circus.com. Um, 
And we have some local politicians who've actually asked me to reach out and come on here too. So hopefully they'll be on here uh, uh, in the next coming weeks. Uh, hopefully I'll have Mr. Hughesong back on next week and we can go forward with some uh, more enlightening discussions. Uh, on that note, I know it's only about here 17, 18 minutes here. I'm going to end the show early and uh, I'm probably, um, I'll add the uh, some of the, the interview that I did with Radio Free New York to the end of this podcast uh, for the audio version to kind of give it some length here. So you can check out some of that in the audio version. Um, I guess thank you for tuning in and uh, stopping by another week eight of uh, Sports Clicks and Politics. And uh, hopefully we'll see you again here in uh, next week, next Monday, uh, 12 o'clock for uh, episode number nine. Thank you very much. Welcome back to Radio Free New York. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host here today, joined by Sean Hannon out in Syracuse. We're trying to cover all parts of New York here. We're trying to get all the perspectives from all around. We've had some downstate folks on. We've had some folks from Western New York. This is Radio Free New York. It's not Radio Free, just Rochester area. We're getting all over. Now, Sean, I want to ask your opinion on this. Uh, since you are in the, uh, the bar service industry, are chicken wings a substantive food hell yeah they're wing. food <laughs> what is the governor thinking about crazy person he's lost his mind he's legitimately lost his mind yeah he basically so, got out, outwitted by the dollar menu and he's just flailing at things now he just is mad because he's again he was outwitted by freaking dollar menus yeah yeah so, so, so yeah the uh, food. go eat your wings have a beer at the bar and order wings and I'm, I, I promise you, you'll be fine. Yeah. No, I'm pretty Even sure you're going to be... Even the eyes of the law. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, well, so, so what's interesting is, uh, just to give some context for our listeners who didn't hear about the, uh, the great chicken wing scandal of yesterday, Governor Cuomo said, oh, let me see if I can pull up the exact quote without ads popping up. Um, Governor Cuomo said that, to be a bar, you have to have food available, soups, sandwiches, etc. more than just hors d'oeuvres, chicken wings. You have to have some substantive food. The level of the lowest level of substances food were sandwiches. So he said that. Uh, and, and I think most of like upstate and western New York were ready to secede at that point. They're going to say that's the final straw. He's insulting our wings. This is this is a step too far. Yeah. <laughs> and, He's he's taken several steps too far, but yeah, now he's insulted uh, basically half the half the state by, you know, t- killing their their food of choice here. Like I said, Western New York is pride and joy is their buffalo wing. That's why they're buffalo wings. And this guy basically is trying to again. He's trying to just wield power that, um, you know, he's declared a state of emergency. He thinks he has the moral high ground. He's basically willing to do anything and even insult chicken wings. Yeah. Now. I, I will say, just for clarity and for truth's sake, that the, uh, the the governor walked back those comments, and the state liquor authority clarified that wings do count as substantive food. So they said that other foods that are similar in quality and substance to sandwiches and soups, for example, salads, wings, and hot dogs, uh, would count. But bags so did, of chips. Did they clarify that the salsa was uh, the the key ingredient to the Cuomo chips? Because I know that there was a. Cuomo chips don't qualify as enough food, but if you had salsa, then you were substantive enough and safe from the, the corona. Yeah, no. If you, if you have salsa, it's fine. You know, so like very high antioxidants in salsa. Yeah, right. No, that's it's it's boosting your immune system. It means you're safe from the COVID. It's great. Yeah. 
Now, of course, like the the theory behind this, right, is like Governor Cuomo says that you shouldn't be just going to bars and ordering food because the way people consume alcohol is to, to go up to the bar, be close to each other and, and kind of clump in groups. And that's going to be too close together. Right. So he's trying to micromanage like going to bars. So instead right. of saying like, well, on table service only, he has said you have to order food with everything, which is silly. I mean, like, I, I don't like the table service only idea, but it, it makes more sense to me to say, yeah, you can order just a beer. It's just you have to have it delivered to a table. No bar service anymore. Yeah, it, you're probably right in that it wouldn't have gotten the same, like, visceral, you know, pushback from the food thing if they just would have said no walk-up bar service. Now, again, that still would have been devastating for bars. Yes. But it wouldn't have, I don't know, it wouldn't have given the uh, – the, the people fodder for you know pushing back like the food thing was just it, it left them wide open and again you know you saw uh people were creating cuomo chips and uh dollar menus across the state just to kind of get around or work around this this you know restriction on bars Pe- people still wanted to go to the bars bars still wanted people to come to them this was the uh, a way to accommodate both parties and then obviously the governor felt that that wasn't within the spirit of the rules i guess and has tried to clarify since. Um, he's basically been trying to clarify his position, I feel like, since mid-March, and I don't know that he's ever really done it. Um, you know, we still got gyms closed across the state, trying to, you know, keep more healthy people locked up. We got, you know, a ban on dancing at events, so we're back to 1980s Footloose-style yeah. freaking, you know, party <laughs> restrictions. Uh, there's there's discouraging singing in church, which I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not an avid churchgoer, but I believe that singing is a vital part of most, uh, most church activities. Uh, so yeah. it's not as if he has maintained some kind of consistent rule. Um, you know, there's been several lawsuits brought against him, and in large part, they all say the same thing. He's been arbitrary and selective, and he has been, and he's picking and choosing where to enforce his, his orders, and... People are seeing through it now, and people are getting frustrated by those people who are selectively and arbitrarily omitted from operating their business, like gym owners. Yeah, we just, we just lurch from arbitrary rule to arbitrary rule. It doesn't feel like there's any consistency and science-based you know, foundation for where these rules are coming from. And, and, and let's not forget, too, that we're, we're in phase four. So this is supposedly well, the well, final well, phase, well, right? 4.4B, four, four I'm at right now. <laughs> Yeah, right. Which we, how many? He, how many he's phases modified are there? A couple times. Yeah, so so we're supposed to be more or less fully open right now, and and yet you know bars, which I, I've been to, I've been to bars because he said that bars were never allowed to open in the first place. It was only outdoor dining. Bars were never technically allowed. I had been to bars. I had gone to bars, and and mostly what that experience looked like was there was a line where they told you to stand far apart. You'd go up in that single line. They would hand you a sanitized pen to like make your order and and sign your credit card thing you'd get it and then you'd go sit at a table that was far away from others fine what what is wrong with that yeah there's nothing wrong with that it's it's again arbitrary and selective enforcement of his order he's decided what he thinks is right and wrong and when he does that he you know either he's picking winners and losers right so right now the gyms are losers so they're they're, they're not allowed to open um, I don't know if you go back to, I mean, two weeks ago, I interviewed Nikki um, Polos, who is the owner of uh, four local gyms here, who is suing Governor Cuomo and the Attorney General and the state, in large part for exactly what we're talking about, the arbitrary and selective enforcement of his order. You know, she makes valid points, whereas, okay, so even she's, she's been ready since phase one. She's been, she's done the, the, the air conditioning filters, the, the, 
the directional arrows, the you know the, the separation of the pieces of equipment. It's all it's you know she's in, implemented all these additional safety precautions for her gym and has been ready from the beginning, and she has been told no at every single phase. Um, and she brings up valid points in the after fact. There's, there's been no known outbreaks at any gym anywhere. Um, there's there's been a study actually the only study that has been put forward so far tested 3,000 gym goers or uh, people who were working out. Half of them went to a gym, half of them didn't. The only person who caught the virus during that whole study was somebody who didn't go to the gym. So there's no, there's evidence to the contrary that gyms are uh, a, a transmission risk. And if there was a transmission there, the tracing is instantaneous, right? So they have check-ins every single day. These people are members of yeah. these gyms. They know who they are. They know what time they were there. They can see who was there at the same time and track them back. Like, it doesn't make any sense for gyms to be closed. It doesn't make any sense. You're, you're basically... You know, taking a healthy population or somebody who's trying to get healthy, and you're 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 limiting them in a, in a in a in a, a position where they should be encouraging gym use and encouraging other things other than just lockdowns, masks, and social distancing. There's other ways to be healthy. Absolutely. All right. Well, yeah. Now, Governor Cuomo stuff is ridiculous, but we're gonna go next to our last segment of the week, Fake News Friday. We'll be back here on Radio Free New York, in just a couple minutes. Radio Free New York. All right, welcome back to Radio Free New York, and it is, of course, Fake News Friday. So this is, of course, the segment where we try to read off some uh, news headlines. We try to, to figure out, maybe stump each other, of whether or not these headlines are real news or fake news. All right, so Sean, I, I want to give you the first opportunity. Were you able to find anything? If not, I got a bunch. Oh, but oh yeah, oh yeah. All right, I'll let you go first. And what was the first headline you got for me? Upward thrusting buildings ejaculating into the sky. Do cities have to be so sexist? <laughs> uh, are you so you're asking me if that's a real headline or a fake headline? You can take whatever you want to do with that. Um, I'm going to say that upward thrusting buildings ejaculating into the sky. Do oh, cities boy. have to be so sexist? So I, I've seen this going around. I think it's a real headline, although, you know, I, I don't know that I, I'd consider it real news, their descriptions of skylines. Is, is that a real thing? Uh, well, I mean, if I read the sub-headline here, toxic masculinity is built into the fabric of our urban spaces, writes Leslie Kern, author of a new book, Feminist City, and the results aren't just divisive, they can be lethal. So I think she thinks it's real. Oh, I'm not trying to dismiss her opinion of her position. She clearly thinks that there's some underlying uh, uh, masculine uh, planning of cities or buildings, as opposed uh, to just trying to get people more people into the same space. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm a fan of vertical space, but maybe we, we go down too. We we can go. We can build right. bunkers. I you know I'm I'm fine yeah. with bunkers. Whoop. Yeah. Let's all right. Let's 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 start getting some more bunkers, folks. Uh, elected officials listening, you heard it. Stop those sexist new buildings, bunkers. That's the future. Bunkers, bunkers, twenty twenty one. Let's get there. Yeah, I mean, it, we're at the year of the apocalypse, right? Like people are making jokes for about sure. that all the time. Like sure. it's time for bunk. We don't know what's coming next. Bunkers. That's that's what we need. <laughs> all right. So what about you? What I, you got? 
Well, well I found a, a sports based one for you. Uh, Washington Redskins changed their name to Washington Football Team. Real news or fake news? <laughs> that is real news. Um, their PR people probably need to be reworked, but I think that is a real headline. Yeah, yeah. No, that is the uh, football team. They are they are the Washington Football Team now. <laughs> they are no longer the Redskins. They never settled on a uh, a new name, or weren't able to get everything ready for a new name for the 2020 season. Is that, so is that like when you go they, to Canada and you go to the you, you go to you're, you go to the beer store, right? Like other it seems like in Canada, you just know what you're going into. Like we're here, it's the football team, right? There's no we're not trying to hide anything. They're just a football team in Washington. So I don't know. Yeah, the two fits. You know, I'm, I'm kind of excited. Like, if they sell like Go Team like merchandise, like oh yeah, I, I, I kind of want to like get that to get memorialize two. this. <laughs> yeah, get two of you see one of those. Yeah, no, no, I, I will for sure. I, I think it's yeah, I think the merch this year is going to be really funny. But they they creep in the same colors as still the like the maroon and uh, yellow, and uh, but they're going to be called the Washington Football Team, which will be interesting. My my high school was actually called the Ariskany Redskins. And they are now looking at changing their name too. Although the oh, superintendent a said, team. "Yeah, a riskany team. What you know? Why? I mean, why not? It's I. You know, let's let's fit with the national trend. Now they they have said in a riskany that apparently that no one's actually asking for this. They just like it's like two people. So they said they would look into it. But that's my high well, school. So oh, well, why not? <laughs> All, right, All right. Do I get to well, go again? Yeah, you got another. I got another headline. British penis candle mogul accused of causing death by ritualistic toad venom. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm not sure what to do with that one. How's that? Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to test you here. I'm trying to stump you. Sounds like a, I mean, it sounds like a meme I would see among some folks, but I, I'm going to say that's fake news. That ain't real. You are you are corrected with fake news only because I said British penis candle mogul, and really it was a Spanish penis candle mogul accused by causing death by ritualistic venom. That is a true story. Oh goodness! The wow. same same headline, same story. Porn star charged with manslaughter after another man dies during mystic ritual inhaling of psychedelic toad venom. Or how about this? Spain's most famous porn star killed photographer with toad poison in shamanic ritual gone wrong. Which one oh. do you like the best? They're all That's, awesome. Those are there all... Are no losers. No, there's yeah, no, no losers. Yeah, no, those are all excellent headlines. <laughs> I love that. Um, all right. <clears throat> Let's see. So, real story, but I, I changed the country of origin to make it fake. So, you're on me. Yeah. Or you're all really right, into so. your Spanish porn stars. I don't know. Yeah, it, 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 I'm a stickler for accuracy. You know, <laughs> you can't, can't put anything past me, Sean. <laughs> uh, all right, so here's another headline. Business owner charged with hate crime for painting over a BLM graffiti on his storefront. Well, I feel like the times are it's true, but I don't know. I'm going to say true again. Say true. Now, that one was a Babylon B headline. It was oh, satire. Good. good. So, no, that one, I mean, it, it, there's, there's truthiness to that one. There's, there's a little bit right, of like, yeah, that. Bit, yeah, that. That, well, that's how that's how they work, right? Them and the Onion, they 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 know that there's truth involved in their headlines. They just tweak it just enough so you know that it's not. Sometimes, sometimes. Yeah. Oh, you know, I'll see lots of folks sharing uh, Babylon B headlines. Is like, look what's happening now. And uh, oh, I know, guys, that's no, that's Babylon B. Most people know the Onion now. Babylon B is still uh, yeah. 
working on that brand recognition to know, oh, okay, so this is, they're, they're making fun of something. All right, you got yeah. any more for me? I got, I got two more. Um, I got another one here. All right. Sweden's Corona vest death toll is now approaching zero, but experts are warning others not to hail it as a success. Oh, that's that's totally a real headline, isn't it? It makes me sad, but it's totally a real headline. It's totally real. <laughs> totally oh, real. All right, who who did that one? What what mainstream that's media? Just, that was from Business Insider. One? Yeah, Business that was Insider. Business Insider, July ninth. July ninth. What what was their argument for that? Like, how are they look at like, oh, the death rate's approaching zero, but like th- this still isn't good. What right? What could I, I don't understand. I, yeah, right. I didn't understand their their, their breaking down of that. It, it wasn't really clear in the article. I mean, they tried to give a story of, of additional data, but if the deaths are approaching zero, I'm not sure how that is not deemed a success in any in any measure. Yeah, that kind of seems like that's a good thing, right? You know, if it's getting right. close to zero, then okay, it great. Be I mean, in, yeah, no, it's the the whole Sweden thing is interesting because I, I see. A lot of folks on the left were like, oh, Sweden's a disaster. It's a total mess. And, you know, some folks on the right, like, Sweden's perfect. Nothing changed there at all. Like, well, they did change some stuff. They just took a different approach. Yeah, right. Approach. So, and, and both it, of those positions are wrong. And, it's, yeah. you know, they became a – listen, and I, I was fascinated by Sweden because they were one of the countries who just did it totally different than everybody else, right? So, like, I was interested in them from that perspective. But, yeah, they changed stuff, and it wasn't – what the left made it out to be and it wasn't what the right made it out to be i think they probably are going to fare better in the long run because of that they did it but you know that still remains to be seen yeah yeah i mean but at least just, it, just reaching zero is still a success in my mind yeah if they're getting down to nothing then that's awesome news because i think they exactly have right. they had a big you know there, there's the the flatten the curve philosophy you know it just we, we need to make sure we don't get everyone sick at once so our hospitals don't fill up all that stuff and they're just like all right we have the capacity with voluntary cooperation to be able to, to handle an initial hit and get back to normal as soon as possible and it seems like that's mostly working not that they, they weren't cost with they that at least but, to change with the data and nobody else yeah. No, yeah, it's a just it, like New York State. You know, they, did, they, they did more and less depending on what was going on, where we just kind of went all in on one side and, you know, here we are. Yeah, which has been not great in, in, a, in a lot of different places. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's, I, that, that's one of those things. It's, it, it's, there's so much noise that's, that's partisan-based rather than fact-based. You have to, yeah. like, do work to do that. And I don't want to do right. work. I just want my <laughs> Facebook news feed to tell me what the truth is and not think about it. And it's really frustrating oh. that I have to Oh, you can just, just pretend that's the truth, and then you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> just read your – the news feed is real, and you're good. Yeah. Oh, cool. Well, all right. Well, now that I have your permission, I'm just going to do that. Perfect. Speaking all right. Another, of, you got another one for me? Yeah. Spe- speaking of uh, totally real news, um, this headline – Real or fake news? Joe Biden says Trump is our first racist president. Now, I feel like I saw that tweet come out, so I think it's real. Um, I don't think the the actual information is real. I think that the tweet is real. How about that? Is that fair? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's a fair assessment. So wait, he said at an event. Uh, so Joe Biden said that that Trump is our first re- racist president, and yeah. He he really did say that, which is interesting for him to say, given that we've had, you know, people like Woodrow Internet Wilson, camp. who is a eugenicist, and I don't know. Japanese internment camps? 
Yep, Japanese internment camps, uh, FDR, Democratic yeah, there's, hero. There's, there's some there's some racial uh, racist presidents that we've had in the past. I assume that Mr. Trump is not the first one. No. Yeah, I mean, like if if you want to say he's racist, okay, fine. Like you could make an argument for that, I guess. But like to say he's the first racist president is just yeah, not true. Wrong on a colossal level. It's it's another Joe Biden foot in the mouth moments. More of those, but. Sean, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. All right, and we'll be back with more Radio Free New York on Monday. Have a wonderful weekend, everyone.